You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 474. David and I were off like 20. <laughs> when we were trying. I had to go to the website to look, but we were yeah. we were way off. Um, so, yeah, welcome to the new episode. Uh, actually, two weeks after our last episode, which is a record lately. We've been... <laughs> We've been taking a little time off here and there. Um, I got, I got, I got not a complaint, but an observation about that. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, it was just somebody said, "Oh, you know, I'll caught up in late session." So you haven't been gone for a while. They said this via somebody else. So yeah, uh, this wasn't directly to us, but um, he knows who he is. He's listening. <laughs> Life. <laughs> well, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, it's not like we're getting paid. <laughs> well, so we uh, we have some kind of big news I, that's not big news this last week. And I kept trying to decide whether I, I, I wasn't sure what to think about it, to be honest. And that was Apple discontinuing the iPod Touch. And yeah. my first reaction was, oh, they were still selling the iPod Touch? <laughs> I didn't even know. I mean, what what's the point in the iPod Touch at this point? Honestly, what's the point in the iPod Touch in the last, say, five years? Well, look, they updated it a couple of years ago, and people were pleased to see the minor spec bump, but it wasn't. It was still so far behind the iPhone at that point. Um, I I guess they've kept making it while they think there's a there's a market for it. Uh, I suspect they are now very much more into reselling older iPhones than they are about keeping the iPod Touch. I think the boy uh, has been for probably five years. Yeah, I, well, I, and, and perhaps it's part of their um, revised uh, awareness of environmentals that actually extending life of old devices rather than selling new ones is something they're interested in now. Um, you mean more interested? Because Apple's been doing that for as long as Apple's been around. You yeah, could they, always they, buy a refurb Mac from Apple, even back in the mid-90s. Yeah, but they they've... Uh, their um, specific marketing to uh, the industry about their environmental credentials has be- has become a bigger focus over the last few years, and and I wonder if that combined with dwindling sales of a of a product is is now starting to come into is coming to that, or maybe it's just as simple as they have limited capacity in China for making stuff, and uh, the iPod Touch doesn't sell that well, and they've decided to. Re, re, uh, redeploy that manufacturing capacity towards the iPhone, which obviously does sell well. It's, it, it is interesting because... Down. Bella, go lay down. You're not going to sit here and breathe heavily at me. Go on. Sorry. The dog, which usually knows better, decided she's going to sit right next to me and go... <laughs> no. You know, just, just listen to that out of context. Is, Bella, you're not going to come and breathe all over me. Sounds like you uh, hired somebody for a service. Yeah, well, I was. Um... <laughs> I, here's the thing. The iPod Touch has been a dead product almost from the day the iPod or the uh, iPhone launched in 2007. Um, it took a little bit of time for the capacity, because remember back in 2007, the first iPhone could play music, but it had very little storage space did, compared did, to did the it, iPod. Did, did they launch with a 4 gig iPod? No, iPod, uh, four gig, four uh, iPhone. gig iPhone. Was it always eight? Mm, no, I think it was four and eight. Four and eight. Yeah. Yes. 
it's, it's laughable now. Yes. Of course, there was no app store when the iPhone launched. So. No, but uh, pictures and music was really a, a, the big thing. Taking yeah. pictures, looking at pictures, listening to music. And, and the pictures were very, very small back then compared to nowadays. Yes, but music um, was not. The music was not, and 4 gig wasn't a lot for music. No, I bought the 8 gig version of the iPhone. Yeah, yeah it splashed out. I, yeah, I, I went big time. Yeah. And I still have it. So, but but here's the thing. I mean, the iPod Touch has been hanging around for ages, and I I know that initially it was launched because a lot of people who didn't want a cell phone plan, they wanted to have everything you had in the iPhone, but they didn't want to pay a plan, and that was the niche the iPod Touch filled. And and as I understand it, for the first kind of first few years, it was a it was a pretty successful it was. product. A lot but, of people, but it was a transitional. Well. Yes, but it was a transitional yeah. product in that. Okay, we're doing away with the actual iPod. <clears throat> But not everyone could afford an iPhone or, like you said, a new plan. Maybe they're yeah. locked into a three-year plan, but they kind of want to start playing with this stuff. Let's just call a, a phoneless, you know, iPhone the iPod Touch. It's a touch one. Yeah. And um, it was a little bit popular at first, but not well, for very was, long. It, the, the thing about the iPod Touch is that um, because it didn't have the cellular phone stuff in it, um, certainly back then, it was a really sleek device. It was really thin. It's as thin as the iPhones are now, but that was because back then it didn't have the radios in it that the iPhone did um, and didn't have the same power requirements the iPhone did because it didn't have cellular radios. So it was always a very sleek device. I, I, I've had a couple over the years. Just just bear with me a minute to get the door. Is, is it just me or is it weird that we get deliveries on Sundays now? I don't know. Maybe I'm just old and it's my traditionalist, you know, thinking that Sundays you don't you don't get mail. Well, you still don't, but you get packages. You get Amazon stuff. You know, it was Amazon stuff. Yeah, yeah that's what I but, guessed. But the annoying thing is that he gave me three packages that easily could have gone in through the lesser box. Yeah. And instead he rung the doorbell. Yeah, well, he was bored. He wanted to see you again. <laughs> so the the iPod Touch... Yes, it was it was a cool product, don't get me wrong, but it was always a transitional product. That's all yeah. it was ever designed to be. And yeah. honestly, it never really was an iPod. Well, that, that's, really that's what I was coming to. And you remember when I was talking about that music device I had a couple of weeks ago, um, I was saying that one of the reasons I, I bought that, that um, kind of shuffle-like device was because I, I've, I said I've always found the iPhone to be a crappy music player. <laughs> Well, you know, because yeah. it doesn't have physical controls on it, mm -hmm. and that's what I want on a on a, a phys, on a natural music player. To yeah. me, the iPod was the ones with the click wheels. Yes, you know, even the even the the last iPod Nano that was basically a shrunk down iPhone um, with a home screen, with a home button and a, and a touch screen. I didn't really think was like a proper iPod. We sell a car called the Venza. It's a yeah. smaller SUV. And there's three levels. The LE, which is kind of the base model. The XLE, which you can get a whole lot of the stuff that you can get on the high-end one, which is the Limited. Yeah. When you get the Limited, almost all of the controls are capacitive touch, a screen. And it's the biggest complaint that I have from customers as well as myself. They don't want that, some screen over in the middle of the dash, that they have to touch everything like heat, yeah, fan, you know, turning on my heat my heated seats. 
They want a physical button. And that's because muscle memory. You know without taking your eyes off the road what button you push to turn up the heat a little bit. Or you can just glance at it to see if your finger's close to that button. You don't have to stare at it for a second or two while you manipulate it because it's a touch screen. Same thing with the iPod Touch. Same thing with the music player on the iPhone. Look, if you're of the generation that the iPhone or an Android was the only music player you had digitally that you could take with you and you just don't understand what we mean, it is the difference between doing and being distracted. I'm mowing the lawn. I can push a button through my pants on the iPod and it changes songs because I don't want to hear this song coming up. Pink Floyd, while you're mowing the lawn, doesn't go together. So with the iPod Touch or with the iPhone... You couldn't do that. They kind of give you the functionality if you buy the Apple headphone things. But what about Android? Yeah, but and even then, it's the worst experience. Yes. Because it's, it's like it's you have to try and remember the click sequences and all of that. <laughs> it's just not as good as, no. as a physical button. It, it, it's one of these situations where, look, I, I very much buy into the argument that Steve Jobs made when he presented the iPhone. Which is oh all these device all these cellular phones that, that were on the market at the time they all have physical buttons on whereas if we do the buttons in software we can make them anything we want and and that is a good argument but that doesn't mean it satisfies every use case that's correct and you know what have we ended up we've ended up in a world where um, probably a lot of the younger people listen to this show are going well I'm staring at my phone all the time anyway it's always out like you know and you we you and I moaned about it before you see people walking around looking down at their phone screens. Or driving. And for them, controlling their music by looking at their screen is fine because they're looking at their screens all the time, whether they're walking, whether they're whatever, yeah? But the problem is is that you and I both know that that's not ideal for some use cases. Uh, and uh, and guys, older guys like us don't spend all our time staring at our screen when we should be paying attention to something else. I had an argument with somebody on the internet the other day who was said, oh, yeah, you know, my uh, portable um, game machine is brilliant, and I use it when I'm walking home from work. And I said, what do you mean? Walk? I said, said walking. I said, playing games, and then I highlighted that, and then I highlighted walking home from work. And he was so <laughs> he was so flummoxed by that. He said, yeah, I'm going to walk home from work. I don't live that far away, and I'm not going to take a car. And I said, no, I'm talking about playing games while you were walking. Uh, and he, and then you know then you get well yeah well, everybody stares at the screen while they're walking around nowadays and I went God no they don't but not everybody think, but too many but yeah there's a there's a generational thing yeah. there and and I, I so somebody may say hey what about the car then because you know that's a touch screen when you're well, well, well yeah but either. here's the thing <laughs> yes there's a touch screen that you can use while you're driving and I'm not talking about the high end cars every car has a touch screen yeah. now for the radio right yeah. but except. There's still physical buttons on the steering wheel, isn't there? Normally, yeah. Yeah, yeah normally. Yeah. So, I, I never... You're right. It, it The iPhone and the iPod Touch were a terrible music player. Yeah. In some respects. In some respects, it was fine. But I was still surprised that they were still selling an iPod Touch. I, I just could not picture why this was still a thing in 2022. It's almost like yeah. someone forgot to just discontinue it. And then the internet was alive with buzz for about four hours when Apple made this announcement, and then no one cared. On my shelf behind me, I have the very first iPod, very first, as well as the very first iPhone. 
And just from a aesthetic standpoint, the iPod Touch looks so much cooler than the iPhone because the iPhone is just a slight nothing. Whereas the iPod has cool buttons and it's a, it's a design. That you, so you, you 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 said iPod Touch them? I think uh, I, iPod, iPod with a, a click wheel iPod. Yeah. Yes, the first one, the FireWire iPod. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I always it still I, works. I've got to be honest. My favorite one was always the one with the physical with the physical click wheel because you could spin it. Yep, and, and you it could had feel mass, it. yeah, and it and it and it and it had some solidity to it. Yep. I always thought, um, I always thought it was a shame they didn't continue with that. I understand why they went to a, a touch one, because obviously you know cost and complexity and all of that. But um, I I always liked that first one. That was the first proper iPod I bought. Um, I imported it from a, from a guy in the states, as I recall, and it was I loved it. Yeah, it was, I, it was, I still have one here. I've got a twenty gig. Um, this is a click wheel one. Uh, it won't turn on now because it's been in my in my drawer for ages. I think I might have replaced the drive in this with a with a, uh, a compact flash card. I, I never opened my original one. Uh, I thought about doing that, but then I thought, you know what? This is the original iPod. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to destroy it. I don't think yours was one of the original. I think yours was second no, or third gen. Uh, yeah, um, uh, it was the one. I think it's the one that came right before. After they, they they had remember they had the one with the red glowing buttons along the front that wasn't yes. as nice. Yeah. So this is the one that came after that. Yeah. Um, it still has the black and white screen. Doesn't do photos or anything like that. A lot of um, people don't realize how many times Apple changed the iPod itself. Yeah. I mean, there, oh, yeah. there was a lot of different designs. It's kind of like the iPhone though, in that they they kind of iterated on it year by year for quite a few years yeah even a um, point where it was they were branded because at some point steve jobs fell in love with youtube or youtube and you've made a an iconic black youtube black and red one yeah yeah um yeah you were talking before we right before we started uh recording when total ipod or i'm sorry iphone sales surpassed ipod so, so here's the thing. I mean, for those of us who were interested in tech during that era, remember the iPod was, I don't think this is strictly true, but it was perceived to be the product that saved Apple. Um, it certainly became a huge business for Apple. Mm, the and iMac the, saved Apple. The iPod yeah. 100% saved Apple. There, yeah. there is no ambiguity about that. You don't think so? No, oh, no, of course not. I covered Apple okay. on, yeah. you know, for my Mac from 95 until currently, and... Okay. There's no question that it was the iPod that completely saved Apple as a company. They would not okay. have made it without the iPod, no question. But the thing is, at the time, um, I remember you would read frequently people were going, well, the iPod is so important to Apple, and what are they going to do to replace it? Nobody could visualize what they were going to do to replace it, because they said eventually everyone who wants one is going to have one. And yep. What does Apple do then? And what's interesting is, so, so this is a product that was, that was fundamentally important to Apple for, well, at least, I think the, the mainstream iPods with the click wheels and stuff were on sale for at least seven years. It was basically when the iPhone came out that all of a sudden the focus shifted away from them. So that's what, 2001 to 2007? Six years, seven years. Yeah? Yep. The total number of iPods sold... And, and this is devices branded as iPods, so this will include the touches up until they were discontinued this year, is 450 million units. Yeah. Now, Apple has sold, an, uh, since the iPhone was launched, 2.2 billion iPod, iPhones. Yep. Right? 
and it and it took me. I think I calculated before. I think um, from 2007 to 2014. So basically, uh, in that same seven years, they were able to equal the number of iPod sales with iPhones, which are obviously vastly more expensive. And then since then, they've gone on to 2.2 billion. Yep. Yeah. So uh, you know, it really is an incredible trajectory, and it, and it's it's interesting to understand that if if Apple came up with a product that with projected total sales today of 450 million units, I don't think they bother making it. They say it's not worth getting out of bed for. Mm, I would disagree with that. Um, well, I, I, this is this. I mean, this the sort of things we're not privy to from inside Apple. But I suspect if you, as an engineer or as a as a manager, took that to the Apple board and you said, here, you know, here's this new idea I've got, and we project over six, seven years we can maybe sell half a billion of them, Apple might debate whether it was worth worth the effort. Uh, I don't think so. I, 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 no, I would disagree with that. I, All I'm you have really, to do is look what's going on in the, in the tech news right now, and that's Apple's VR system coming, or AR maybe, whatever yeah, it's but, going to be. But they, they get, with that, they're gambling that that's going to be as big a, a product. No, they're not. No, they're not. You don't think? No, not even close. No, I don't think so. Um, and I also don't think that some of the Mac models that they're producing are going to hit those kind of numbers, and they're okay with that. Not everything well, has to yeah. be an iPod or well, no, an I, iPhone. Well, no, I, I think the, the difference with the Mac is the Mac's an established business, so it's not expected to um, do the the really gangbuster numbers. There's no way they think that the, I, the Apple VR system is going to sell a billion units. There's zero chance. You don't? That, no. No, I don't think so at all. Okay, I'm just I'm I'm just wondering. The the closest thing I can think is that the the product they've launched most recently, a product line they've launched most recently, is the watch. I'm wondering how many that's sold. Oh, I don't think it's even close to a billion. Uh, no, it's not even close. It, I I would be amazed if it was at five hundred thousand or five hundred million yet. Uh. Analysts recommend, uh, estimate there are 100 million units in, in use. Right. So that's, like I said, it, yeah, I said yeah. 500 okay. million. All right. So, Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So, so I guess it comes down to the margins and, and that sort of thing as well. Well, yeah, because you can't um, have, if if you're not going to launch a product because it's not going to do as well as the iPhone, then you might as well just cancel every product that you have and just focus solely on the iPhone. That doesn't make sense. Apple's a very diverse business and not everything yeah. has to do iPhone no- numbers. It, it just doesn't. I don't think any business looks at it that way. I, that would, well, that would not, be folly. There's, there's a big there's a big gap between um, 450 million over seven years and 2.2 billion. I mean, there there is some space in between. Right, and there's a lot of money to be made in that 450 million. I guess. so. And at the end of the day, that's what Apple cares about: money. And we yeah, like well, to think yeah. they're very altruistic and unbold. No, they are about money. That's what they're about. <laughs> about the money yes okay if they could sell four products a year and it made a billion dollars each they'd sell the fuck out of those four four products trust me yeah all right okay anyways you you swayed um, me you know it it is you were talking about the importance of the ipad and was it did it you still aren't sure i think that if it was the thing that saved apple if you go pre-iphone think about every program you watched on television and commercials. Everything was about dancing silhouettes for many, many years. Yeah. That was, as far as a lot of people were concerned, that was Apple. It was a portable music player. That's the iPod. It was so iconic. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, actually. There's a, a new book just come out recently called After Steve, 
where this this guy for he used to work for the Wall Street Journal has done an amazing job from what I've heard on understanding how Apple transitioned away after Steve's death and it really looks closely at Tim Cook and Johnny Ives' influence on the company and the things they brought and the things maybe they've, they've made mistakes in and that sort of thing. And apparently it was, um, unsurprisingly, it was very much Johnny Ives' design studio who insisted that the iPod had to be white and also had to have white headphones. And because at the time, everything else was, was black and people were saying, well, you know, and that, there were the internal arguments apparently that said, look, if they're white, everyone will know it's Apple. Um uh, you know that might make them target for thieves and everything like that and apparently johnny's group said yes exactly everybody will know it's apple you can't buy advertising like that right and then they actually the turned it into came, an advertising campaign yeah. well yeah. that that wasn't that was pr- that was while steve jobs was still alive though no i know but but it was it was uh it was johnny who was really um pushing fighting that. For that yeah. yeah and i agree with him because white headphones earbuds are an Apple thing. Now, there's a billion knockoffs out there. Don't get me wrong. Now, when you see the white headphones, you don't assume Apple. I think well, that's... I, I think most people do still assume Apple. I think they look at the AirPods and they go, oh, well, those are either Air- AirPods or they're knockoffs of AirPods. Yeah, that's true. They still think that's in true. Apple. They don't yeah. think, oh, those are Samsung and they don't think that they're Google or anything like that. Right. I think they're going, those are either genuine Apple or fake Apple. So if it's Apple were Apple to change, if, if Apple came to a decision to change, what's the next color you think they would, that could be iconic? You think it would be a, some kind of a bright color or do you think they would go with a taupe? I don't know. If they were going to change, if, if you were an Apple and if you were at Apple and the decision is yours, what's the color that you're going to replace the white? I, I think, I think the first thing you say is why change the white? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, what's wrong with the white? Um, can we not buy white plastic anymore? I nope, mean, all right. So, so suppose white plastic is off the table. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it would. They would probably go for something that's re- still recognisable as different from the rest of the market. The problem is, of course, is that um, is that there is a certain uh, cleanliness, a certain simplicity to white that you don't get with a with a different colour. That is true um, too. You know, because styles change, but white, white and black. And the reason that there's only white and black cars and things like that out there is because white and black are timeless, whereas colours can be can go in and out of fashion. I mean, let you you mentioned taupe, for instance, beige. Yeah, that was a big fashion for a long time, not just in the computer industry, but in clothes and all sorts of. Yep. You don't really see people wearing beige stuff anymore or having beige things if they can avoid it. You, you will again. Yeah, of course, it will come back in. But yep. that was very much a 60s and 70s thing. Baby. Absolutely. I, and I still think Apple should have made the uh, Mac Studio beige. I probably would have bought one already by now. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, They don't. the problem is Apple doesn't do nostalgia. You know, beige no. at the moment would have to be nostalgia. If beige became hugely hot again, then maybe. But uh, they I don't, don't do I don't nostalgia. see that happening anytime soon. You know, I mean, old guys like us would love to see modern devices put in the old cases i would love to see apple go back to the rainbow logo i think that it was way more striking than just the silver or black that we get now yeah of course now people would think it was a political statement especially with tim cook being at the head but yeah even still i mean good reason they wouldn't do it exactly they don't want to court that kind of publicity unfortunately i i still think they should do it um I think that 
when you look at the total sales on the iPod compared to anything else, it was it was a massive, massive hit. And yeah. it's the only thing that killed the iPod. We'd still be using the iPod right now if it wasn't for the iPod to- or the iPhone. Yeah. I don't think phones would be anything like they are if it wasn't for the iPhone because we all know that it was the first one and it completely changed the cell phone industry completely. Yeah. The cell phone industry needed in the carriers in particular needed without knowing it and with and they would have fought it at the time all of them did except for one. They needed a company like Apple to come in and shake up that world because it was stale. It was a race to the bottom. Ninety-nine cent cell phones. Yeah, you know, the, oh, you could get I, the really cool razor from Motorola. You know, for an extra hundred dollars. You know. Yeah. It, let's let's face it. I mean, one thing the iPod did, and we're talking just about the physical hardware device here, but actually, it was the whole ecosystem. Yeah. That was that was the big change. It was the fact the iTunes Store, uh, and what they did with the iTunes Store basically turned digital music from kind of a, a, a nerdy, techie um, minority that was full of piracy to uh, effectively an, a mainstream money-making business. Yeah, it was, the, it was the iTunes store that yeah, changed it, it, everything. Because exactly. remember, before that, you, you couldn't buy anything other than software. You couldn't buy anything digital because there was right. nothing. And, and, the, and the music companies were fighting tooth and nail yep. to prevent... Um, they basically said, "Well, we want we want to do a music store, an online music store, you know." And, then, and they wanted they wanted basically another CD model where they had a huge markup on every single song and, and every single album, and they wanted to control the whole widget. And Apple came along and said, "Look, you guys suck at this. We've got a device that can do it. Let us do it." And they kind of went, "Oh, okay, you know what? How big is it going to be? It's going to be a little minority business." Uh, and they were they were floored by what happened. Apple then did that again with the iPhone. And in fact, I would argue that if it wasn't for the iPhone and the introduction of the flat slab um, app-driven smartphone, we the, the cellular carriers would be in the same place they were then. In oh, that's of, what I was saying earlier. Re- it's 100%. Yeah. Yes. But the reason the iPod Touch is no longer relevant is because now data plans for a smartphone have, even though you know, they can, a lot of people complain they're still expensive, but there's so much more choice than there was back then. Yeah, you can you can buy pay-as-you-go. You can put a SIM in there for occasional use and use Wi-Fi most of the time. But you, you could argue the rise of Wi-Fi everywhere is all in part because of the rise of the cell phone as well. Um, and all of that means that it has basically mean the iPod Touch has become less relevant because it's, it's so much simpler and easier and, and not that much more expensive to have either a used or a new smartphone now. And yep. that's what's killed the iPod Touch, um, and that wouldn't have happened without the, the basically the ecosystem of the iPhone, and then what Android did as well. Because let's not, much as um, you and I might say that, well, they just slavery should have copied the iPhone, and they certainly did in the early years. I think the point is, is that is that uh, Android is an important part of that story as well. Oh, no they, question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want to. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ever want to want to take that away from Android or, or even Samsung for that matter, because they basically took a product that was very expensive and quite exclusive, and they made cheaper imitators that um, that appealed to other people in the market. They, absolutely, they did, yeah. and we're at the point now where is it on par with the iPhone? Sure, yeah, but now it's more, you know, preferences. 
yeah, it's it's different, uh, and it does some things differently, and, and it moves closer to the iPhone. It, yeah, it does does some things better, but you know they are different sides of the same coin. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas obviously they had Android, the Android ecosystem had to do a lot catching up in the early years. Yeah, oh yes, no question. Yeah. Um, so I guess rest in peace, iPod. But I think it died a very very long time ago. Someone just forgot to bury the body. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very long wake. Yes, it was. Um, it was indeed. And it, it did change the, the world, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to discount that. That Yes, the the iPhone... Can, look, Apple couldn't be more pleased that if anything was going to cannibalize the their golden goose, it was going to be Apple. And that's yeah. exactly what happened. They had a golden goose, and they killed it themselves with a better product. Yeah. It takes a very strong leader very strong leader to do that is tim cook that guy now i don't think so i don't think he would kill the ipod or the iphone with something that would replace it now steve jobs i i I don't think i think i was just i was just thinking this uh the other day i was browsing the um the official apple refurb store okay and uh if you look at the products that come up in the refurb store now it is so complicated to try and understand if they offer a product for $400, $500, how old it is, how how useful it is, how functional it is compared to the new stuff. Because there's so much of the old stuff knocking around and they've changed so much and they've all got the same name. Yep. Um, and uh, it's, it's very, very difficult. And that's because, you know, a lot of this stuff up until recently was still on sale, even though it was hugely out of date. You know, that's and, kind uh, of the big problem. Well, I that, saw that something is... where let me. I think I still got it on Amazon. Let me look, because once you look at a product on Amazon forever and ever and ever, it's going to show up in your. Yeah. Hey, we want to recommend this to you. No, it's you not. Know, the amount the amount of electric car ads I see nowadays is just not funny. Oh, it's yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> uh, a Mac Mini came up mm-hmm. for one hundred forty nine dollars, and I believe it was a an i five with like. I'm going to say eight gigs of RAM. Yeah. And I thought for a hundred and something dollars, really? Yeah. But, but the, pr- yeah, the, the, there's a problem there as well. Intel has the same problem is they've slapped the i5, i7 names on for, for 15 years, for 15 years. And so you look at that and you've no idea whether that's a good chip or not. You have to start looking up the part numbers, the age and that sort of thing. Right. Which, well, which one, which i5 is this? Uh, so I would say for one hundred forty nine dollars, that's going to be Cartoon. maybe a two thousand eleven. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Did they have? I don't think they had the. Yeah, they had the Andam in two thousand eleven because the uh, the the Core two and the Core two Duo um, they came out at two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah. So I would say by two thousand eleven, they were on i five. So I'm going to say that's a f- probably a four thousand series i five. I wish I can. Well, I guess I have browsing history. Let me see. Yeah, here it is. Um, uh, and see, now here's a good thing. It gives the uh, the Mac Mini. So I'm going to look up this. It's an it's a 1.4 gigahertz Intel Core i5. It's only 4 gigs of RAM, 500 gig right. hard drive. But it has the thing. So this came out late 2014. Okay. So... so Mm, it's an eight-year-old so this computer. is the, the one without the optical drive. Yes. Yeah. 
But it's so it's one hundred and fifteen dollars. I mean, holy crap! Yeah, I know. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not going to be useless. So yeah, I was right. Uh, Haswell for i five four thousand two hundred sixty or a four three oh eight, depending on the model. Um, so it, it's yeah, one point four gigahertz is the is the i five four two sixty u. Yep. Um, and um, yeah, the, the, but here's the thing: is you know, you and I have talked about this recently. Uh, previously, most of these Intel computers, you buy anyone for the last 10 years, it'll run everything you want to do today in terms of basic browsing and office stuff. Yep. Yeah, if you want to do anything more with it, you might want more horsepower, but it will, you know, it'll, it's it, those machines are as fast as the entry-level machines that are sold today. The ones it with is. the Celerons in and, and yep. the, you know, the uh, the cheap Intel cores. Uh, and, uh, and those machines are perfectly fine. You know, they, they do the basic stuff of, that a lot of people want to do on a computer. Now, here's the thing, because a lot of time what you want to do on a computer, if you're going to browse the web, yeah, you're going to be browsing the tech stuff on a computer, uh, and then you're going to be writing stuff, either email or documents or something like that. And these machines are perfectly fine. Anything more than that, like YouTube or online games or stuff like that, then you're going to want something more powerful. But most of us have something more powerful in the palm of our hand, which is our smartphone. I don't know. You know. I think this would do fine with uh, with watching YouTube and streaming yeah. services. That doesn't but, take anything. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. The it, the problem is a lot of those sites now are festooned with ads, and the ads will kill your machine. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, uh, and that's the problem is that the the general web that everything's hung upon is just awful and inefficient and will kill your machine. Yeah. I you know I have a I my work machine here is a a Surface laptop three with an i7 processor in it. And I know when I go to certain websites that I have to use for work, I'll hear the fans spin up. And it's just insane the amount of computing resources that are being wasted running this garbage that most of us don't want to see on the web. Well, you were talking about something like that earlier, weren't you? Yeah. So so what, here's a, the, on a similar vein, we all know, those of us who have iPhones now, that they've got content blocking built in. And like you can on a computer, you can add... Um, additional content blockers on as well if you want to. Safari on the iPhone will, will run those uh, and many of them are very good. In Chrome? I, yeah. Uh, no, not in Chrome, in uh, in Safari. Well, I'm saying though you can get content blockers in Chrome as well. You can get content blockers in Chrome but on the iPhone you can have right, content right, blocking right. apps built which there's hooks there in Safari for those. But the problem is even if I turn a lot of those off, even with the default Safari stuff that Apple gives you I go to a lot of websites now. Most of them have this uh, cookie prompt. Yep. Yeah, which you can we can thank our, our good friends in the EU for because they came up with this idea, which basically the idea is is you, you should be able to specify what cookies you want. To, and, and most of us want the basic cookies that let the thing function. We don't want any of the tracking or app cookies on. The problem I find frequently on the iPhone and the iPad is that that prompt is viewed as an ad. And so the content blockers will block it and it won't display. But because the website is designed not to let you use your website and until that prompt has been filled in, what happens is you go to the website and it's kind of grayed out because the um, that's what the website does until it's got the prompts for the cookies. But you're not displayed the prompt to select your cookies. And so then you can't use the website. And it sucks. And it's happening more and more and more. And I hate it because much as I hate all the ads on the web, I hate going to a website and not being able to use it because 
um, of all this crap. It's definitely a two-headed beast. The, the reason this came up was because we were looking up statistics, and I found a website before we started recording that basically popped up, you know, I have to accept all these cookies, and it was egregious. Yeah. To their credit, they gave me a list of everything they want to do, and it was either accept it or go away. Yeah. It would not provide anything unless I accepted all of this mm-hmm. crap. But the problem as well is that even if you said, and I okay, declined, fine. by the way, yeah. they're not getting, yeah. they're not getting. But that. the the problem you find as well is that because of the ad tracking, which often uses persistent cookies, most of the browsers now prevent that from happening. They wipe the cookies as soon as you leave the site. But that problem then is the next time you go to that site again, you're going to get prompted for your cookie selections again because yep. it doesn't know. And so you constantly have to re-enter the same information. And of course, the website's designed it so that if you don't want anything except the functional cookies, it takes you longer to select, turn off the switches, and then hit save. Than if you just go, accept everything. I keep looking, and chocolate chip is just not an option, so screw you guys. (laughs) If I can't get a chocolate chip cookie, then I don't want any cookie. Maybe peanut butter. Uh, Even too many chocolate chip cookies are bad for you. We had, to, we had to throw away a brand new jar of peanut butter yesterday. What was that? Salmonella. It was a recall. Oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I, I understand you're not wanting salmonella. Yeah. But, um, Didn't make me know, feel at least good that you. I had already had a sandwich using it. And did you get sick? Yeah, I died. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> anyways. That's the power of social media because Julie saw it on Facebook, and oh, if, it took if her saw to it on Facebook. It probably wasn't true, and it took her to uh, an FDA yeah. website, an FDA website based in Russia, and then it gave product codes, and ours was right in the middle of it. Oh, so it there it said, uh, "said Do not eat the peanut butter ski." No, it come from Ukraine. Right. Poison, yeah, exactly. poison exactly. from Ukraine. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I mean, I literally, I get so mad when the. <laughs> says something to me she's read a line and i go did you see that on facebook oh yeah i said i'm not interested <laughs> it's probably not true no it, you gotta wonder nowadays there's so I, I much really, really do there is yeah. so much garbage on there and, and i have i've tried to explain to her i said look you see an ad on facebook that is literally the cheapest bargain basement ad you can buy yep yeah because facebook will take money from anybody for advertising yep can't trust any of it, and that's why you get so much bottom feeder garbage advertised you on Facebook. Even if it's not a scam, it'll be a low-quality product or something where when you order it, they'll take all your data and sell it somewhere else and then send you something that's rubbish. What's the, you know? uh, the other one that I've been noticing? I think it might be even worse now. Uh, oh, what is it? The uh, TikTok. The ads in TikTok are absolute scammy garbage lately. Well, it's like I wouldn't, Jesus. I wouldn't know. I've never, I don't think I've ever used TikTok. So. Don't. It's a time suck, and it will suck well, you in. Yeah, and it's I, awesome. Well, I, I take, I take the view that the, the cream of TikTok. If you want the viral videos, I'm going to see them outside of TikTok because they've gone viral. So I don't need to be in TikTok to see them. The the nice thing about TikTok though is honestly, you're sitting. Say you got five minutes, you don't feel like reading a news story. You can watch four or five videos just swiping through, and you're going to see something you like. Their their yeah. algorithm is very good. If you use it for more than, say, a day or two, it figures out really quick what you like, and it just yeah. keeps feeding you that. So uh, I, I have noticed this because um, since Charlotte turned 13 recently, 
Um, 13 is the gatekeeper age for all the social media sites. And we've said to her, said, right, you're 13 now. We trust you to be responsible. Uh, and plus, uh, using screen time, I can see what she's doing on the computer and her iPads and what have you. But I've said, you know, you can have access to Snapchat and TikTok, which where all of her friends at school have been using for years. And, of course, they're not meant to be using it. So I said, you're, you're at the age now, 13, which they say you can use it, so I will let you use it. Um, so I know she has already waxed lyrical about how good TikTok is at showing her things she wants to see. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. Yeah, it, it's very good. No question about it. Um, you got anything else today? Because if not, other than Elon Musk looks like he's kind of looking at a way to get out of the Twitter deal. <laughs> Well, that's going to cost him a billion dollars, apparently. In fact, I was reading somewhere the other day that um, in some circumstances, these deals, these pre-contract deals are so bulletproof, you can't walk away. There have been a couple where somebody's tried to walk away and they've turned around and said, no, a judge has said, you have to do the deal. You agreed to it. Um, I think he's, uh, I'm of the opinion that he's very much regressing this now, that he didn't realize what he was getting into. Yes, he did. Uh, well, I don't. I don't. I think. I think. He, I don't think he ever wanted to buy it. Uh, you th- uh, well, you know. I think he was looking for attention. He made well, a, an offer that he figured they couldn't refuse, and they would find a way to. But then, if he grew bored with it, because I think that's what happened, he grew bored yeah. with the idea. Now he's looking for. Oh, look at uh, it's a whole bunch of spam bots. They don't have as many users as. Well, who the yeah. hell didn't know that? Well, the problem is, is that he specifically opted to waive due diligence, which is how you find that. The Mm -hmm. whole thing he's complaining about, which is, oh, well, the numbers they've quoted to the SEC, I don't think are true, is exactly what you do due diligence for. You basically send your people in to check all of the company's filings and everything like that to make sure that you understand what the business is. Worse than that, he's using a third party. He's not even checking Twitter's official numbers. He's using a third party to check. Yeah. So I don't. To me, this just reeks of someone that's trying to get out of a deal because yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It, it was I, I it was a spur of the moment thing. He went forward yeah. a little bit, and then he's like, "Yeah, you know he's, what? He's, I don't really want this." He's 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 like, he's like a guy who bid on something on eBay when he was late at night drunk, and now he doesn't want to buy it. I have, <laughs> I have, in my possession. It's at work. It's an umbrella. I I might have sent you a video of this. Uh, it had been it had been like a year ago maybe uh, maybe more. i vaguely remember something with the umbrella that the handle has two buttons the bottom button turns on a flashlight so you can see where you're walking that's kind of handy yeah the button on the handle turns the pole that goes up into a lightsaber yeah i do remember that yeah and i could change colors that my friends was a late night i should be in bed <laughs> <laughs> this looked cool. I'm going to buy it. Oh, it's only $15 plus, you know, probably $800 in shipping. Uh, and then I promptly forgot about it because I probably went to bed soon after. And it wasn't until four months later, not kidding, four months later, mm-hmm. this thing shows up. And it actually works. It's actually a good umbrella. Uh, I'm still using it. Um, and everyone likes it. Everyone's like, that's cool. But that's a prime example of do not shop. Don't buy anything uh, I, if it's past, say, a, 11 p.m. Yeah, I have a, I'm, I'm not buying these things at, late at night, but I have a, a number of Kickstarter things I backed where when they arrive, I think, what was I thinking? Yeah, why, <laughs> why did I why think did, this was... Why, why did it, yeah. Why they, did I they think must this have had a, a really good, good story. Sometimes you no. want to do it because you just like the story. Yeah, well, the, 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 probably the worst thing I bought re- recently was a thing called, it's called the Flashlight Grill. 
and basically it's an it already iron, sounds stupid it's an well it's an iron plate that that's basically like the you know the cast iron things you would see in a grit in a griddle pan yeah and it fits in a regular frying pan and i bought it and don't get me wrong it works i mean because it what is it? It's a piece of iron, and it, it kind of cooks a steak, kind of like you would get on a griddle pan. You get the stripes on that sort of thing. But, of course, it's solid iron. It weighs a ton. Yeah. Where do you it's store it? Hot, where do you store it? It's the hardest thing in the world to clean. Well, you don't clean yeah. them. That's... Well, yeah, but, you, the, the, but the problem is if it's a griddle pan and you don't clean them, you put them away somewhere. But the problem is this has to go in the cupboard with everything else. And, you know, I tried just putting it away without cleaning it. Right <laughs> away. That thing's disgusting. Get it out of my pan drawer. Well, that's because you didn't clean it right. Um, if oh, you yeah, want, they're owning it. Typical Kickstarter. It it they came with no documentation whatsoever. Right. Yeah, and you meant to go and watch a twenty-minute YouTube video on yeah. their website to understand how to use the well, product. They gave you you, ha- you have to make it so it's going to work first, which means you got to cook something on it that's very very fatty. They usually say something like bacon that's just going to saturate it with oils, and then. While it's still blazing hot, you pour water on it. And then if you've got a flat iron, you use a scraper and you just scrape it off. Uh, if it's not, you got to use a wire brush like yeah. the one you have. But you have to season it. You never right. wash it with water. You you get the water off immediately. The water gets the bits off, but then it's going to stay oily, if you will. It has to, right. otherwise it's going to rust. <laughs> so, But the thing is, this is all fundamental information that to me should have been included in the box, not say, oh, go to a website and watch a 25-minute video. Yeah. I hate how the modern internet thinks that everything has to be done as a video. I don't want to watch a video. Yeah, I have enough time watching the videos that I want to watch, like Star Trek and Star Well, I want both. I want, <laughs> I want clear instructions, but I also want a video. A video, yeah, could be helpful, but the thing is, is nobody writes anything down anymore. I know it's that's like, the problem. <laughs> you know, it's either a write it down, print it's either it out, a put podcast. it in the goddamn box. It's either a freaking podcast or a video. What the hell? Yeah, and of course, the first five minutes of the video is, "Hey guys, thanks uh, for if supporting. You like this video, click like on and here. share, subscribe and share." Yeah. Uh, yeah. God, shoot yeah. me now. I know. Hey, can you help us get to 500,000? No, no, I can't help you with that. Go no, away. I don't want to help you. Uh, you know, give me the information I want and write it down. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, doesn't, can YouTube not generate transcripts automatically? Uh, I think it can, actually. They should turn that on. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. You just... Yeah, but then the guy's going to be rambling about you're going to have a printout of subscribe and share. Yeah, but at at least, yeah, but at least. Today's sponsors. At least you can read through and try and get to the nugget of information you're actually looking for. There's that. Yeah. All right, so with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan a little bit shorter this week, but we just don't have a whole lot to talk about because there's not a lot going on in the world that's Tech Fan. I mean, there's a whole bunch of geeky stuff. We've got all kinds of content for the Geeks Pub coming up next week, but. For now, we're going to bug out of here. and I, uh, Yeah, I think actually your talk about your umbrella has just reminded me something we should do for the next show, which yeah. is the which is our um, our um, challenge where we go and buy stuff off a cheap Chinese website yeah, and let's see do how it. good it is. Sounds yeah. good. All right, man. Talk to you then. All right. Bye. <laughs>